Hello, welcome back to the Trademark Productions 301 The Redirect Podcast. Today we are joined by our developers, Scott and Greg. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> 301 The Redirect. So today we're going to be talking about optimizing images for your website, what kind of image compression services there are available, um, and basically why you should compress your images before placing them on your website. Excellent. Yeah. This is a great topic. It is a good topic, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the number one reason for me to want to uh, optimize images on the site is obviously the amount of uh, stuff you're downloading, right? If you're on your phone, you're out in the, uh, the wild, as it were. And you're uh, on your wireless plan, and you got you know only three gigabytes or whatever for the month. You got to make sure that what you're pulling down, you don't want to be pulling down a whole gigabytes worth of uh, images. So you want to reduce that for the uh, end user. Absolutely. I mean, well, first of all, if you're in the wild, your phone doesn't work. But if you're out in the city, yes, we want we want to limit that. I mean, for me, uh, you know, I like to think of things in analogies, um, and it's just synonymous to like waiting in a long line. You know, who wants to wait and when, when a page takes a long time to load, to me, it's no worse than waiting in lines at the amusement park. It's just like, what, what do I do with yeah. myself right now? Like, this is just time I am losing all because the, uh, uh, the creator, the designer, the developer, uh, who has, uh, who's built that site, who, uh, placed those images and those assets didn't decide to optimize them and, uh, and enhance the page speed and the page load. Yeah, and there's some really easy ways that a developer or even somebody just using WordPress, for instance, can just install something to easily optimize them and do it quickly and easily. You don't have to be, uh, you know, really technically know-how. You don't have to have a lot of technical know-how to do that. No, absolutely. I, I think there's, you know, first of all, it's just having a basic understanding of um, what, what, what types of images um, are out there. Um, what can be optimized, um, and what are the first things you should be looking at? Like, what type of image should I be using? Is is a JPEG the right image uh, for use here, or is a PNG, or should I be using an SVG? Maybe um, these are all options. And there's there's new um, image types. Yeah, that WebP. Are out there. Yeah, WebP, uh, which which I think we should uh, take some time to discuss as well. Uh, but I think that's one of the first points maybe to discuss is giving some pointers as to what the uh, you know, questions you might ask yourself, um, you know, max size, so on and so forth. So um, when you take a look at uh, images, I mean, really, we've got two major types of images. There's your vector and your uh, rasterized images. Yep. Yeah, and I think those are those are terms that if you if you aren't in a media industry, the first time you hear the term rasterized or you're working in Photoshop and you get some error when you're trying to do something, it says, you know, must, must rasterize yourself. Um, what is that? Yeah. What does that mean? What, what am I supposed to do? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, it really, it comes down to the, the idea of pixels, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when uh, your JPEGs are your rasterized images, um, these are not going to scale. Um, and, and pings are, are, uh, are rasterized as yeah. well. Yeah. So are uh, uh, GIFs as well. And GIFs as well. Yeah. So, so the big difference here versus a, a vector based is a, a vector based can scale infinitely. Yeah, uh, the, the scalable vector uh, graphics format is really cool because it can really just basically be used at any size. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to take a, an image, say for instance an icon, and you wanted to display it at different sizes, maybe on different pages or different parts of your page, you could do that without having to download an additional asset. You could just display 
it at a larger size, and it just automatically mm -hmm. scales. And you don't get a lot of that um, pixelization. I know a lot of yes. people that um, may not be technical, they'll look at their phone and they can see the actual pixels. It looks blocky or, mm -hmm. or jagged, for instance. Um, a scalable vector graphic uh, format does not use that at all. It, the vectors just scale. It's all programmatic and uh, handled on the uh, back end. So now what about, uh, you know, I think a big question is transparency, the uh, alpha channel, mm. uh, as it's often referred to. Um, JPEGs. They're they're not transparent, are they? No, I no. think I think maybe the JPEG two thousand, which is the updated version, the more modern version, mm. may have that. Yes. But the original JPEG format does not offer a alpha channel, um, which will allow you to kind of fade that image in and out as far as like how um, uh, how translucent it is, so to speak, how transparent. So so I think that's number one, a, a big determining factor is you know does your image. Uh, have a transparency channel yeah. um, added to it, and and if it doesn't, um, you can you can compress it much further, much greater. Um, yeah. Going with uh, just your standard JPEG versus a, a PNG, a ping format or a, a GIF, um, you're gonna you're gonna end up with a much smaller file size, and I, I see that all too often where you have uh, PNGs being utilized. And there's absolutely no transparency. It could have been saved as a JPEG, um, probably should have been saved as a JPEG. Mm -hmm. um, but it was the default settings in, say, Adobe Photoshop. When you go to export file, it saves it as a PNG, mm -hmm. and no one thinks any different as to what they should do from that point. Yeah, Photoshop even has a, a quick export option that's just export as PNG. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the quickest way to do it, but it's not really always the best way to do it. Sometimes it is the most uh, appropriate uh, option that we can choose. But, but yes, I, I think learning a little bit more, taking some time to learn about the different file types and which one is going to be the most suitable. Um, what about this new uh, web version, Scott? Or WebP. Uh, no, I, WebP, you've been, uh, you've been studying up on this a little bit. Uh, yeah, well, it's actually uh, just now gotten some major browser support. It's still not 100% out there, but all of your major browsers, such as Chrome and Firefox, um, those ones should support it. But it's a brand new format. It's uh, basically has the best uh, optimization rates as far as um, as far as uh, rasterized images go. And what it is is it offers up to 26% um, of a higher optimized. Um, a file. So basically what that means is you're going to be saving another additional 26% on average uh, if you save this file out to this new WebP format. Now there are a couple downsides you have to um, take take into consideration here. One is that it's a really new format. Um, not all the browsers do support it, including um, uh, I believe Safari is the big one, but also mm. Firefox on mobile currently. Um, as well as some um, other uh, lesser-use browsers. Uh, some, some of the business world still uses Internet Explorer, for instance. You're not going to be able to use those. So you're going to need a fallback uh, image format for those. Um, the other caveat... Now, now, you just said fallback. What, what, what do you mean by I need to have a fallback image format? Well, like a fallback would basically be... What you can do is you can set up the image so that it has um, what's called a fallback. So if it can't figure out what this image is supposed to be... such So, for instance, if I'm on Internet Explorer and I have a WebP the Internet Explorer is not going to know what to do with that. So it's going to need something. It's going to look for something else to display. And the way we can put the code in there is so that we can have a fallback image that will display instead. Mm -hmm. And that will allow us to actually fall back to a more traditional format, like a JPEG or a PNG. And then that would be displayed in its place. Um, that does mean that it'll be downloading more assets. But if you're using an older browser, you're probably already used to things taking a little bit, a little bit longer or not displaying 
um, as fast as, say, for instance, a more modern browser anyway. Mm, understood. So it sounds like uh, the WebP format may be the, the recommendation, except we just need to be extra careful and provide fallbacks. I know that uh, some of the site auditing services like web.dev um, are making recommendations, um, but uh, I think our uh, our listeners need to be careful not to just go and replace all of your images. Go, you know, save out all your images as as the new uh, you know WebP, and then replace everything. Uh, because if if you just do that, there's a large percentage of users that are going to have empty space, uh, and they're possibly going to get you know um, some some issues with assets not loading. Um, but uh, but definitely something to get up to speed on. And if you really are looking for, um, if you've already minimized all of your files, you've done all the tricks that you that you know um, now that uh, leading up to this this new WebP, going through and putting in the WebPs and including fallbacks, this is kind of like a final step, wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, I would say that uh, doing that, that's the last thing. That's the last step of optimization mm-hmm. that you would do. If you've already made the decision, though, to do WebP, you should definitely keep that in mind uh, as the last step. Absolutely. What, uh, what, would you, what would you say about quality? Quality. Huh. When I think of quality, I think of how um, – there's usually a slider. A lot of people, if you're used to working in an uh, image editing program, mm-hmm. there's often uh, with lossy formats. There's uh, yes. another difference. We talked about rasterized versus vector, but there's also lossless versus lossy. And what that basically refers to is the amount of information per pixel that is um, contained and kept when you try to compress or optimize an image. So a lossy format, like JPEG, mm-hmm. has a sliding scale. So you can save it at like 100% uh, quality, for instance, or you can bump that down to like say 10% quality. And depending on what that setting is, you can actually set how um, much information you're willing to give up uh, in the inform- uh, in the actual uh, image. So the image might look a little bit more uh, pixelated or um, maybe jaggy, as they say, uh, or even a little bit blurry. But um, you can really, really shrink the size down on that. So when we talk about quality, that's um, one of the things that comes into, into factor is how, how, how much quality we have in that image. And that will affect both your um, image size and the way it looks. So the quality is basically determined by those two things. Understood. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, uh, you ever opened up a page and, and found an image that's like 5,000 pixels? Yeah, and it yeah. takes like it's like like you look at the page speed or the yeah. page size or sorry the image size and it's like three megabytes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it can even be larger. I've oh, seen yeah. six, seven meg images. It's, it's silly. So you know today with with these phones with uh, and 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 of course all the the digital cameras and most of them are saving images in the five, six, even more mm-hmm. uh, thousand mm-hmm. pixel range, and without any thought, um, even even without considerations, you you could take that and you can optimize it certainly. I can go optimize my 6,000 pixel image and it will reduce the file size. Yeah. But, but I think first we need to also determine what is the, the max file size that we're going to need. Um, so I think, again, now it's really looking at the application. When we went back and we said, hey, is this, uh, does this have an alpha channel? Does it have transparency? So how should we be saving it? But also, what is the, the actual uh, the media where it's going to be used? Yeah. Um, what, what's the max that it's going to render? If, if you're only concerned about maybe a max screen of 2,000 pixels, but this image 
as well will never use more than 50% of the screen. Yeah, it's like in the footer, it's like 10 yeah. pixels tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, but but maybe it's 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 only going to use 50% of the screen. Well, then we can we know we can cut that in half. Mm-hmm. So we don't need 2000 pixels, but but at a minimum we're going to need to have whatever that max resolution is that we're going to support. And and that's a that's a very very um, big way to be able to um, you know cut things down. Now, of course, um, you know some CMSs like WordPress um, produce thumbnails. Mm-hmm. So when you upload that massive image, um, of course, yes, it you're going to create thumbnails at 150, maybe 300, maybe 768. That's all going to depend on what types of settings that you programmatically have created to create those thumbnail sizes. But still, if you don't optimize that initial image that you upload, that is your full size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So by default, now when someone's got a browser and they're more than say 1,200 pixels wide, you could be loading a five meg image. And even worse, if you've got a slider that's got six or seven of these, next thing you know, you're loading 30 megs on a page. Yeah, and that's just going to really slow down performance. It's going to slow down the initial page load. You need to get that little, you know waiting for things to load that white screen that mm-hmm. we're just used to seeing on some sites mm-hmm. and that's just going to really turn users off I, I think there was actually a google survey they did like some users if they don't get the page loaded by i think it's like four seconds or something like that oh they, it's like, less than that it's around 2.5 they to just three. get out of there yeah. they're, they're just not even going to wait there's they, they will not put up with bad page load and poorly optimized websites and images are a huge part of that mm-hmm. yes so uh so what types of tools do we have out there? I mean, I know there's a number that we use in-house. Um, there's also, you know, there's paid services out there. There's a lot of free services um, that that we use. So what, what's your favorite tool to use for optimization? Oh, well, my personal favorite, I like to I like to dive into the command line. I use two command line tools. One of them is called PNG Quant, mm. uh, and another one's called OptiPNG. And both of those are uh, really powerful command line tools that are open source. You can get them uh, online, uh, if you're uh, the savvy user like myself, but uh, if you're just a regular WordPress uh, uh, person, you're not really technically um, adept. There's some really great sites and plugins out there. Um, one of them I would say um, for anybody to use would be Tiny PNG. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we use that all the time, actually, just to drag and drop images, just yep. quickly optimize them. It's a very, it's got a really friendly panda who was uh, very, very excited to yes. take all of your images and yes. optimize them. <laughs> and he celebrates with you uh, when they are done being optimized. And that's one of now, my favorite parts. Now, TinyPNG, this is a free service? Uh, TinyPNG is a free service. Yeah. You can, I think, download, or sorry, upload uh, images up to five megabytes in size and then download them back. Yeah, and um, I think max down. 20 per time. Yeah, yeah. But you can just refresh the page and throw another yep. 20 in there, can't you? Yep, it'll yeah. just keep up. The panda is hungry. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, TinyPNG does also have a paid service. They um, do. They have a, a WordPress uh, plugin yeah. um, that you can use to just optimize all of your images uh, right on upload. Um, I forget. It's a per image fee, yeah. I believe. Um, I mean, it's pretty nominal. But, Quota-based, I yeah. think, yeah. But uh, when you start looking at 5,000 images, possibly, um, those fees do add up. So if you're, uh, if you're looking to optimize and as well automate, um, there are uh, enhanced services that you can purchase yeah. uh, through through some of these vendors. 
Uh, so it all comes down to time, right? With anything, there's free, there's free programs out there, and some of them, you know, just require a little extra manual uh, labor on, on on your own. But depending on on time, depending on how often you're repeating that task, it might make sense for you to just implement it into your build. Um, and and have that process be automated. Yeah, and one of the other services, speaking of plugins uh, that we use Mm -hmm. on our builds, is the EWWW Image Optimizer, and that's a WordPress plugin. Yep. Um, And that does a pretty good job as well. I do believe it uses some of the command line tools that I mentioned previously behind the scenes. Um, But what it does is it'll also, you can um, basically click on a button, it'll go through all of your media, it'll optimize all the images as best as it can, and um, it's a really good plugin for um, doing that as well. Um, I don't think it reaches quite the same amount of optimization that Tiny PNG does, but it comes very close. Mm-hmm. And um, we also find too with WordPress, one of the built-in tools that they use is the, uh, I believe they use the picture element. I could be wrong. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And um, what that does, it allows um, the source uh, sets. Source sets, yeah. yeah. So it uses source sets and allows you to use image source sets to. Um, specify images at varying widths. And so it'll take all those thumbnails that we were talking about earlier and it'll display them. So if you're on your phone, it's not going to say, I gotta go get this big, huge file. It's gonna know to get the one that fits that screen. So if you only got like 400 pixels of width, it's not gonna grab a 10,000 width image. It's gonna go grab the 400 width one and it'll grab that appropriate thumbnail size. Yeah, it's it, it's synonymous to uh, like media queries, yeah. right? In a, in a style sheet, except for you know, we're really doing it on an image element, except for it's it's really it's the picture tag, you know, via HTML. So, uh, but those those source sets are, are fantastic in the way that uh, WordPress is able to to integrate those with the the thumbnails that you're able to create. And per project, with your ability to actually define what you want those thumbnail dimensions to be, uh, you you can hit those source sets perfectly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the other side, I mean, those those are great for rasterized images, mm-hmm. but for uh, for icons, say for yes. instance, or, or vectors. Um, do you happen to know? What, you're actually working on something right now, I believe, for uh, one of our SVG sprites, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that we've been um, integrating into a, a few builds, but uh, uh, we've had success with it enough to decide that we want to integrate it into our base code. Um, so it's kind of our, our base code. If you're not familiar with that term, it's just a, a starting point. Um, we don't uh, here at uh, Trademark, we don't um, go out and buy themes and then no. um, and then uh, try to tear something apart where you're always battling something. So we have a, a very lightweight, um, efficient base code that we utilize to, to, to begin our build process and then, and then customize everything from there. Um, so this uh, SVG sprites is something we're bringing in. Um, the term sprites not new um, and, uh, and and even I think step back just to discuss what is a sprite or a sprite sheet. Yeah, what is well, a sprite? So in the past, this is a great way to help cut down on server load. So it's a, another big optimization thing that you can do, whether it's background images, it's just small images, and you create a sprite map. So instead of having, say, 10 images um, that have that result in 10 server requests, those 10 images are synonymously um, put into one image. They're literally like a sheet of images. Yeah. So if you imagine each image was a sticker and you had a sheet of paper, well, put your 10 images on that, that sheet of paper and that's kind of what your sprite sheet is. Yep. And then and the, the, the CSS, the style sheet points yep. to which it, image, uh, which coordinates, right? Exactly. So so then the coordinates, you just get an X and a Y. Yeah. Um, it might be, you know, 50 pixels by, you know, 75 pixels and that's saying move 
50 pixels, you know, to the left and then move 75 pixels down. And there's um, your image. And there's your image. So it knows the exact locations and it also knows what the width and height are as well. So they, they get mapped out. Uh, but the big benefit here is you're not downloading 10 images. You're just downloading one image. And, yeah. then, and then you call the location of that image. So taking that a step further, we take SVGs. Um, and SVGs are already so lightweight. Uh, and uh, and they're, they're very popular today with, um, you know, as far as icons, you have all these icon libraries and font libraries. Um, and, and the trouble is, is with most of them, you're loading two, three, four, five thousand icons. Yeah. You use maybe 10, 20, I mean, 30 if you're talking about a big, big build. Um, but you're not using 5,000. So it just doesn't make sense to load such a, a large sheet and such a large um, uh, sheet of definitions yeah. as to you know where all these are located and all the X and Y coordinates and widths. Um, so the route we're going with this, this SVG sprite is we're, in essence, we're recreating what these font libraries do, except we can have our small base. And when you do a build, you just pull the 10, 20, 30 that you need. And if you need to add one, you'll literally just dump that SVG right into a folder and your build script, whether you're using Gulp or Grunt, um, you can uh, uh, have that automated. So it just regenerates the sprite sheet and it regenerates all those CSS classes and you can begin using it in line um, in your code immediately. Yeah. Uh, very, uh, uh, I want to say, is it is it the future? I think it is the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now. Well, yeah, it's right now. Yeah. The the cool thing, mind I like, blown. It is. I know, right? The the, the additional benefit you get too is um, with a, an extra font that you might have, mm -hmm. like a font awesome or something like that. Um, there's no additional download. It's going to be injected directly Correct. onto the body of the page, so it's included with that initial HTML file download. And that's what I really like about it. It's just automatically included in there, and it's ready to go without having to load any additional assets. Correct. And, uh, you know, we talked about this, I think, in a previous kind of, uh, podcast, but servers, they only request two files at a time, do they not? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Traditionally, yes. Traditionally, only yeah. two at a time? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's that's the uh, one, one of the big, you know, issues with um, synchronous and, you know, asynchronous, that um, something that is asynchronous mm. can, uh, doesn't, get blocked like you're not having render blocking because you're waiting for that like next file to load they can just it just goes and grabs the the next mm. um but yeah you can have a tiny little file that's requested from a server and if the server is slow or there's some lag or there's a hold up yeah. right um it, it doesn't even matter if it's a two kilobit little file it's gonna take a while you gotta get in line you got you gotta get in line yeah um and uh you know how i feel about lines i already yeah Cedar Point and you do not get along, huh? Oh, no, we do, because I love the rides. Yeah? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just not the lines. I Just not the lines. Yeah. 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 The lines yeah. are the worst ride. You got you to strategize. Yeah. yeah. You got to plan it right. Yeah, you got to get there real early, and you got to run. I think, I think we've covered uh, a lot of ground. I've learned a lot. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Every day, Scott, you need to learn. Mm -hmm. This is true. Yes. All right. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a lot of really good information about images. I think everybody out there that's listening to this podcast is going to know a lot and uh, have a good place to start from. Yeah, and I think, like anything, um, just take some key pointers from this and explore further. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Start, learn, just go look up what, what's a what's what's a GIF, what's a PNG, what's a JPEG. And you'll get – you can go to Wikipedia. Uh, Morgan spends all day on it. I uh, do. And, mm, I get uh, lost on there. Yeah. You know, even just that first paragraph, you read that first paragraph, you're going to learn 
and know so much more than you ever did. And you're going to have a lot more information in your arsenal. And, and then just consider things like we talked about, your, your file sizes, and then just look at those optimization tools that are out there and, and just start working with it. Yeah. Uh, I do have uh, one little bit of a, a counterpoint to what mm-hmm. you said, and that is, that is pronounced GIF. Thank you. I'm pretty sure it's GIF. Actually, no. it's GIF. No, I think it's GIF. No, I think it's GIF. All right. Thank you for listening to the Trademark Productions 301 The Redirect Podcast. We will catch you next week. It's GIF. It's no, it's no, GIF. It, no, it's GIF. It's GIF. It's GIF. No, it's GIF. Greg, it's GIF. Like no, your Scott, name, Greg. It's, Greg. It's, it's GIF. No, get right. Like Jeffrey J. It's G E O. F. I can't even spell that word in my head right now. <laughs> but it's that G as a J. It's GIF. It's GIF. Totally.